Okay, good morning. I hope you enjoyed that. That is Anita Renfro. She's hilarious. She's a comedian. She just does an amazing job with that. And so happy Mother's Day. Good morning. Uh, I'm Katie Griffin, pastor here of Missions and Congregational Care. And I have, this is my first Mother's Day I get to preach. I'm so excited to be with you here. What an honor. And uh, I just want to tell each and every one of you moms here this morning, you rock. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Do you know that there's 85 million moms in the U.S. today? That's a lot of moms to be celebrating. And so with that, we celebrate you. Uh, One thing that I'm uh, asked to speak at sometimes are moms groups or like like mom and me or mothers of preschools or different preschoolers, different groups. They come and ask me to speak with their moms for sometimes. And so when I do, I often share with them my famous story. And I call this a, the, I call this the famous target story. So you want to hear it? It's a word of encouragement for young moms. Okay. Oh, there's my babies. They're not babies anymore. That, but this is when the story took place. This is Lauren. You got to see her a little earlier. Uh, she's going to be eight, 18 soon, leaving for Guatemala. And that is Gunner. He goes to uh, Missouri Baptist University in St. Louis. And um, he is almost 20, so a little different. And life grows up, right? So um, as we... Uh, as this story goes on, I had a little green Astro minivan, right? We all have those when you're a young mom, little toddlers. I'd strapped them in, and I was so excited because this day as an at-home mom, when Target was built, it was like the best thing in Paso Robles, okay? So you could go to Target and spend the day there with your kids, and how fun is that? So here we are, we slap them in there, heading out to Target, go there, and on the way there, like, Mommy, can we get a Slurpee? And I was like, well, of course you can have a Slurpee, but you're going to be good, okay? And you need to share the Slurpee be okay oh yes we'll share we'll share okay so here we go put them in the cart head to the food cart court you know you have to make a right right when you get in target to get in the food court okay so i'm getting get into the food cart get the cup and we you know they got to have a little red a little blue all the different rainbow and everything and then i hand it to him and i hand it to gunner first because he's oldest and so i said here gunner here's the cup for the icy but Remember, mommy said you need to share. And so you, you guys really share. Well, I look at Lauren and she's got this like evil look in her face. And I'm thinking, oh no, this is probably not going to go good. And, and so he takes a sip and all of a sudden Lauren's, I can say, brother, I want some. And she's like, he's like, you know, teasing her with it. Like, I'm not getting stuck And so she takes the cup and it was like one of those things that happens in time when you know something bad's about ready to happen, but you don't stop it, you know, or you don't, you can't, can't think fast enough. And she grabs the cup, and he grabs the cup, and all of a sudden, the cup goes flying up in the air. And I'm like, oh, dear Lord, up in the air. But guess where it lands? Little gentleman sitting there in the food court, minding his own business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It landed right on top of him, red and blue, slurpy all down him. And I'm just standing there like this. And they're screaming, right? They're screaming and yelling, so fighting. And I didn't know what to do. So my first instinct as a mom was just to run around to all the little napkin dispensers. And so I ran, I'm grabbing all the napkins, all the napkin dispensers. I start wiping his face, wiping his shirt, everything. And he's just standing there getting angry. I mean, sitting there getting angry and angry. I'm like, I'm so 
sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And he's not even saying anything, which kind of makes it worse. And so I was like, oh, and then they're screaming. And before I know it, the entire store is looking in the food court, Katie, with her two wonderful jobs to do with her kids. And I just put them back. I just, okay, we got to get out of here. So I went, strapped him in the car, driving back down 46, going, I'm the worst mother in the world. You know, they're still screaming and yelling. And, and that often, that story often brings a lot of encouragement to those young moms <laughs> when I'm sure, like, and she did all right, all right, I'm doing pretty good. So, <laughs> so there's my famous Target story, but when I talk to those different groups of moms, and especially when I talk to them about Mother's Day, it really does bring up a bunch of different emotions. Some of them um, say, it's a great, Mother's Day is good, there's a lot to celebrate. You know, maybe some of you here today, things are good, my family is good, and my kids are doing well. But maybe some of you honestly are sitting here thinking about your kids or perhaps your parents or your mom and you're like, things are not going so well or they're kind of going in a different direction and this kind of breaks your heart. Or maybe some of you are single moms and you're sitting here and you're just exhausted and you're thinking, I don't know if I could keep this up and keep this pace anymore. Or, you know, we could just go on and on. Maybe like Roy had mentioned in the first service that he really misses his mom today. And so that she's gone on to be with the Lord. I mean, there's so many things, emotions, correct? That kind of Mother's Day brings up. And so what I want to say, though, is that God knows, right? God knows everywhere we are as we sit in here this morning, as we think about those things, and that he is with us, and we do not walk alone. And I just want to encourage you, you're doing a great job, moms. And so I truly believe that God is big enough to deal with wherever we are and whatever we bring to him and wherever we come from and whatever our position or emotions are. And so... We're going to head right directly into scripture this morning, but before we do it, head into the book of Luke, I would like to pray for us. So let us pray. Lord God, I thank you so very much for this morning to be here with each and every person that's here this morning. Lord, I pray that your word as we hear from Luke this morning will speak to your heart in different ways that your word is active and living. Lord God, it's just, and it can penetrate the deepest marrow in that every single person here that will have something for them this morning. We give you all the praise and glory, Lord, that you are our, um, our King of Kings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so our scripture this morning comes from the book of Luke in chapter 10, verse 38. And for some of you, you're going to say, well, this is very familiar. And some of you might be this one of, might be your first time hearing it. But one of the names of the ladies that we're talking about this today is Martha. And the other one is Mary. And so a little bit just to keep us awake here, everybody repeat after me. We're going to be talking today about Martha and Mary. Martha and Mary. So say Martha and Mary. Very good. Very good. You're listening. <laughs> Okay, so as you read on in scripture, it says this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now I want to stop here for a second. I want you to imagine this, ladies. Imagine this for a moment that your doorbell rings and your dogs start to bark and you head to your door and you look out your people and standing and what do you see? the creator of heaven and earth, (laughs) our savior, standing at your front door to be welcomed in. What a scene. 
right? And so Martha, it goes on to say, Martha lets him into her home. And as we read on the scripture, it says, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Interesting what we get here from this is that the Lord wasn't there for her yummy food. He was there for a purpose. He had a purpose to his visit. And then we read on and it says, but Martha. We always kind of, with this, with this passage, I don't know if you've heard this before, but we kind of always pick on Martha when we read this text. But I believe that we can all learn something about Martha here today that is a little bit different. And I'm going to get to that a little later. The verse continues on and says, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And so she came to him. She came to the Lord and she says this. She said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Anyone here relate to Martha? Yeah, okay. Somebody has to cook the meal. Someone has to be the one flipping the burgers and getting the salad ready, correct? Martha was just doing what was needed at the moment. And so the, the Lord replies back to her when she says this. The Lord replies back to her and he says, Martha, Martha. I don't know about you, but every single time I read this passage and I read that Martha, Martha, my mind automatically goes to Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> Ah, I can't get it out. Okay. Anyways. So then he continues on and he says this, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. You see, when Jesus replies, Martha, Martha, you are worried about so many things, I think one thing that we can learn from just this short passage or this short sentence here, what he says this, is that what we see here is Martha was pretty stressed out. Wouldn't you agree? She was a little stressed out. She was a little anxious. And I think today, a lot of the things that I do here at Highlands Church, one of the things I do here, not only here at Highlands, but also out in the community is counseling. I love to listen to people and talk with them and share Christ with them within their problems. But one of the things that often come up is stress and anxiety. And that stress and anxiety can lead to many physical and mental problems of our present day associated with that stress. And so here, he's saying to her, you can almost hear her her exasperation, can't you? When she says, she forms her question and she says, Lord, don't you care? And you can almost imagine her in the kitchen stirring the pot and she's getting bothered, right? She's getting a little stressed out. And she's like, hey, why is my sister not here helping me? You know? And she enters into the room and she's bothered. And, she, and she's like, God, don't you care? And certainly the Lord does care. But not nearly as much about the problem as Martha sees it as he does about the real problem of which Martha is not tuned into. Because, and this is going to be a different way, maybe you've even heard this passage preached before, but I believe that she's not in tune to it as much because of her cultural understanding. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But you see, with our anxiety and with our stress that we carry so much throughout the day, 
God says this about this. He says, your, you, where faith grows, when our faith grows, our anxiety actually lessens. This is one of the chief lessons that Jesus taught earlier in this ministry during what we call the Sermon on the Mount. When he says this, do not be anxious then, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And he says that to us. It's a promise to us, right? That's his instruction, and that's his promise to us. And he says that in Matthew 6, 31 through 33. Do not be anxious. I want to care. So you think, so I think he, that is one thing that he's, he's like, do you see, Martha? Now, that is just one of the things that we can learn about this passage. When I quickly read through this passage, this is what I come up with. Perhaps something that we can learn is that when the Son of God rings your doorbell and wants to come in, just order takeout. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's just like a little short note. Okay. <laughs> All right. But surely here's what it is. The one thing that prepares us for everything is for us to sit at the feet of Christ. That is it. The one thing that prepares us for everything is for us to sit at the feet of Christ. You have Martha and you have Mary. Now, I would love to sit down and chat with each and every one of you and I would say to you, are you a Martha? Are you a Mary? What are you? What do you, you think? And I, I, I can relate a little bit to Martha. I can relate to Martha. I can, that she's a doer. She's wanting to get things done. It's all necessary and important, right? For Martha, she knew this was especially important in, that, in her culture. If she didn't do those things, that she would bring shame upon her family. Originally, I thought Martha was missing the moment. But as I continued to study the, this passage more and more, I believe that she knew exactly what was going on. Now, yes, I agree, she was a bit anxious and stressed out. But imagine what she was doing. She was inviting a rabbi into her home as a woman, not culturally accepted. And then she was watching her sister sit at the feet of the teacher, right? When culturally, she should have been in the kitchen with her. This was a huge risk for both of them. And so what I love, as you read it, with that perspective, is Christ's response is incredible. He could have said, you're right, Martha, when she came out and she said, where's my sister? He could have said, you're right, Martha. Mary, get back in the kitchen with your sister. (laughs) Right? But no. No, this is his response. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. He had a purpose to his visit. You see, this isn't about sister versus sister. Jesus is not rebuking Martha for active life of service. It is not a choice between active and a contemplative life. Mary has just chosen the better part. For example, she has chosen the freedom to take a position close at the feet of Jesus. And she is confident in listening to what is important in life. She doesn't need to speak. I find that kind of interesting, right? Because if my sister came out of the kitchen and said, hey, what are you doing? You need to get in here and help me cook, right? I'd be like, whatever, shut up. Okay, I'm kind of busy talking with Jesus right now. 
Okay? Right? But she doesn't even need to speak, right? And she doesn't speak there. Her behavior reveals more than words can express. So this does not, but uh, listen, listen, because this does not imply that Martha's behavior of service is worse or inferior. You see, Martha's just shown an active life of service. Mary is being con- contemplative in her worship. Both are important. But the one that comes before the active life is the worship. That's where we're going. Because worshiping him takes priority because it is what is best for each and every one of us. Not just us women here today. All of us in the room. Because worshiping him helps us both spiritually, emotionally, and physically. So if we are going to make the decision to sit at the feet of Christ, that means, this is hard for me to hear, Sometimes we're going to have to leave some things undone. Sometimes we're going to have to say no. In order for us moms and us everybody in this room to hit the pause button on life. Here's the thought. Maybe your most important part of your day is what God sees. It's the time with him in the word sharing your heart with him through prayer and meditation. Now, here are two additional things I think that we can also learn as we sit at the feet, as we push that pause button, and as we sit at the feet of Christ. I think there's two things that we can learn. The first is that he, when we sit at the feet of Christ, he affirms our identity. Okay, making sure everybody's still with me. Everybody say identity. Identity. Awesome. So it is at his feet that he affirms our identity. One verse that I use often in counseling when I'm talking with others is this, and it speaks to our identity. And it comes from 2 Corinthians 5.17, and it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has gone And the new has come. What does that mean, you say? When we surrender to Christ, our spirit is made new. You are new on the inside. On the inside, God immediately transforms you at at that very place. And then we are then to walk that out. And it begins to actually push itself out into every area of our life. And so when we ask Christ into our life, we not only become a child of God, but we are made new. This is a promise to each and every one of you. And so when we sit at his feet, we spend that time, he affirms, he speaks into our life, and he affirms our identity. And I believe this is one thing that he says. He says, whose child you are takes priority over whose mom you are. You hear that? Because you are a child of God. Because that's your identity. That's who you are. Or you could say like this. Whose child you are takes priority over whose dad you are. Right? Whose child you are takes priority over whose wife you are, whose husband you are, whose friend you are, whose boss you are, whose worker you are. We could go on and on. 
He wants to affirm that in your life, that you are a child of God. And that's what we get when we sit at his feet. And another thing I believe we can learn from sitting at, when we sit at his feet, is that he, when we stop and we pause, and Roy said something interesting to me between services, and I want to just bring it up here real quick, is he said, in our world, in our American culture, that is very hard to hear, isn't it? For us to stop and pause and sit at the feet of Christ. Because everything is go, 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 go. And it really takes a discipline. That's what I hear. It really takes a discipline in order to do this. But when we do this, not only does he confirm our identity, but he also, he also, we receive strength when we do that. And one thing, um, Ben had a wonderful uh, worship night. <laughs> He's like, what is it, Katie? Um, worship night on Sunday night. And he brought up in the main scripture that night was Isaiah 40, 29 through 30. And he spoke about every, this scripture that we use often. You can find on bumper stickers and t-shirts and coffee mugs and whatever you want to find it on. But he says this. It says this in there. He gives strength to the weary. How many of you here this morning could say, yes, based on the week I just had, I really hope that is true. Yeah. And he increases the power of the weak. And then he goes on and he says this, even youths grow tired and weary. Thank the Lord. (laughs) And young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on, on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. When we pause and when we stop, when we hit that button, we get not only our identity that we are a child of God, but we also receive strength in order to face when we feel like we are weary. Life is weary. It is. And so I, uh, there's this gal who is just a faithful volunteer here at Highlands, and her name is Glenda. And she has just walked through the, one of the toughest things, I think, as a grandmother as saying goodbye to her granddaughter. She lost her to cancer just a few weeks ago. And I just cannot even imagine. I can't even wrap my brain around that. But every time she comes in to fold her bulletins on Thursday, the little small tins that you all have, she does this. With the other girls, too. <laughs> but she, um, she comes in with a smile. And I said, how can you do that? How can you do that? And she said, the strength. The strength of the Lord that he gives me, that I'm able to do that. I feel like God is lifting her up, and she is soaring on wings like eagles. But she will not, she will run and not grow weary. You can see that in her. It's like, it's just an image. She's just a great example of that to me. And so that is a promise for you all here today. That is what God is speaking through the scripture to you. Not only are you a child of God, but when you also pause and hit that pause button in life and distractions and things like that, you also receive his strength in order to continue to run this race with perseverance, the course that is marked out for each and every one of you. And so as I conclude here today, I want you to remind me who I am, Lord. This is what my prayer Remind me of who I am. That I am not defined by what I do. I'm not defined by what I've been through. I'm not defined by the past. 
It is God alone who defines who we are. And when he defines us, you want to know one word that he says? He says, you are a child of God. And I want to encourage you to live this life aware that the one thing that prepares us for everything is for us to sit at the feet of Christ, especially when you feel like you cannot do one more day. Worship him. Allow him to give you strength. Embracing, just the the, the significance of embracing your weakness is a sign of strength. And so, one more interactive question, but you don't have to respond. You can just ponder it if you like. Let me ask you this today. Are you willing to push the pause button on life to sit at his feet? No. So it is my prayer for all of us here today to know our identity, to receive our identity, and to grasp a hold of that strength that he offers you as we wait at his feet, to daily worship our creator and king. So let us pray. Father God, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for your message. I thank you for each and every person in this room, Lord, that this word just sank somewhere in their soul, that you hear our needs and you meet our needs, Lord God. No matter where they're walking, no matter where that looks like, Lord God, that you are walking beside them. And we thank you for all of our moms. We thank you for the people who are moms, people who are moms, like moms to us, that are like moms to us, or our mothers, Lord, that you would just bless their day. Again, may you give, be given all the glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.